There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, we want to thank you once again for tuning into our podcast again this Wednesday. Uh, just in the way of announcements, we're in the middle of Vacation Bible School at the Manasseh Community Baptist Church. Tonight will be the last night. Uh, those of you that have not been able to make it out, if you're in the area, we'll be glad to have you stop by. The registrants are from the ages of 4 up to the age of 15. But tonight is picnic night. So if you're over the age of 15, you just stop in, act like you didn't know anything was going on, just act like you showed up for church, and there's free food. So that's one of the great draws. Free food can't beat a free meal. And so I myself am a free meal Baptist, and so we look forward to that. Thank the Lord for what he's done. Thank the Lord for the good crowds that have come out. And many, many young people registered, and many parents have sat through the preaching, sat through the services, and we thank the Lord for that. And then also family camp in Altman Baptist Church, Western Pennsylvania, will start in about 10 days from now. It's going to start on Sunday morning, Brother Rick Rose and myself will be uh, holding services each and every service I'll be preaching or Brother Rose will be preaching and we're asking the Lord to break in on us asking the Lord to do a great work in family camp we certainly look forward to that and uh, the Lord has already uh, blessed the camp in the sense that more people I believe are coming this year than have come in quite a few years and uh, folks are coming from all around the area coming to family camp and want to see what God's going to do and we're looking forward to the work of God we're looking forward to what the Lord is going to do and so just keep those meetings in prayer. Keep our Bible school tonight in prayer. And then if you would, family camp in prayer. I know there's some other meetings coming up we'll talk about here shortly. And then our King James Bible Conference here on the podcast will be in a couple of weeks. We'll begin that as we begin a long summer of traveling. And so we'll make announcements concerning the three weeks of King James Bible Conference. And again, we're looking forward to what God's going to do through that. We're in Psalm 71 today. Uh, we finished Psalm 69 yesterday. We had done Psalm 70 last week. Uh, but in Psalm 71, and this is one of those psalms, I'm going to call it a messianic psalm, but this really is one of those that can go both ways. Uh, we see the psalmist here who we do not know who is speaking uh, necessarily. The Bible does not tell us who is speaking here, but we see that it could be the psalmist's very own uh, problems, could be the psalmist's very own troubles. Um, I see it probably as a psalm of David. The writing is David. Um, it's the such as the psalmist of Israel would write. It's the calamities of David, the troubles of David. But yet in this, you also can see Jesus Christ. Uh, you see the parallel. You see where man's trouble is uh, is certainly seen, but we also can see Jesus Christ in this psalm. So it's one of those, again, I'm, I'm going to teach it. I'm going to preach it. I'm not going to dogmatically say it's a messianic psalm. I'm not dogmatically going to say it's a psalm of David. There's just some things that I look at, there's some things that I see in this psalm. But it's one of these I want to look at because there's just some things here that the Lord tells us that we need to understand. And it does shed light on other messianic psalms, which means there's at least hints to it to messianic psalms. And then, Lord willing, Psalm 72, our next psalm, 
we're going to see that's a psalm of Christ's kingdom. Uh, and so that's a messianic psalm, but it's a messianic psalm, which is yet to be. And so, again, a unique psalm in Psalm 72. But for now, Psalm 71, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. And that's one of those statements. We've seen that in other Messianic Psalms. He does not want to be in confusion. In the garden, he didn't want to be confused. In Pilate's Hall, there was no confusion. On the cross, there was no confusion. And uh, that's Jesus Christ. And so, again, we see just those tenets immediately uh, begin to see the work of God in the person of Jesus Christ. And then he says, deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape, incline thine ear unto me, and save me. Now, I wouldn't think twice about that, but again, he says, incline thine ear unto me. And that's one of those great hints we've seen in other psalms, one of those great clues we've seen in other messianic psalms, is when the psalmist would ask the Lord to incline his ear, or to open his ear, or to hear him. And uh, sometimes he would say things like, hear me speedily. But it would ask that God's ear be turned to him. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he's asking the Father to turn his ear to him. So right away, we see two major clues uh, that identify this potentially as a messianic psalm. And again, I'm not going to preach it dogmatically as that. I want you to sort through this psalm and see what God shows you, what God reveals to you. And I hope that you would take this psalm and read it outside of the podcast and see what God can show you from this psalm. And that's what the Lord I've asked the Lord to do for me. Verse 3, be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. And that's an interesting statement that he's given his commandment to save him. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Again, we see the rock, the fortress, the high tower, his sword, his buckler, his shield, all of those things. We see that in Messianic Psalms. So again, there's another pretty good clue. Deliver me, O my God. Out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. And so we see, you know, again, it could be David's calamity. It could be another man's calamity. It could be others that have had cruel men rise up against them. It could be like Elijah in the sense that when Jezebel was seeking his life. But yet again, we also see Jesus Christ in that. For thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust from my youth. By thee have I been holding up from the womb. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of thee. Now, here's one of these great examples we have in the word of God of two colons in the same passage. And we see that in this verse. And so, therefore, it can read like this. By thee have I been holding up from the womb. My praise shall be continually of thee. But in the middle of that, there's another statement, another sentence uh, that we see here. And it says simply this. Thou art he that took me up out of my mother's bowels. So again, we see a sentence within a sentence, that thing that's forbidden in modern English, yet the King James Bible translators uh, had no sense to put that in there because it's what the Word of God said. And so we see again, who took him up out of his womb? But Jesus Christ. And uh, his praise shall be continual of thee. I am as a wonder unto many. There he is on Calvary. I am as a wonder unto many. They walked by. They shook the head. They wagged the heads. They said, thou be the son of God. Come down. Uh, they looked at him in wonderment and astonishment. He was a gazing stock. He said, but thou art my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. Cast me not off the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. So again, we see Jesus Christ in the strength failing, not necessarily in the old age. And again, so I'm, I'm not too dogmatic about this psalm. 
And it kind of fluctuates. It's one of the, I think it goes back and forth between the psalmist, and yet it certainly absolutely can be Jesus Christ. I think it just fluctuates back and forth. For mine enemies speak against me, and they that lay wait for my soul take counsel together, saying, God hath forsaken him. Persecute and take him, for there is none to deliver him. And that's exactly what happened to Jesus Christ. They figured God was not going to defend him. They didn't believe he was the son of God, so they took him. And they took him before Pilate and took him into uh, to the chief priests, and they took him into judgment because they did not fear God. There was no fear of God. They said there's none to deliver him. All men forsook him. They said God hath forsaken him. O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste for my help. And there's Psalm 22, 1 again, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me from the words of my roaring? And so again, we see glimpses of Jesus Christ. We see the psalmist, his own calamity, his own troubles, but we see the glimpses of Jesus Christ in that. Let them be confounded and consumed that are adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. Again, there's ever references of this in the in the Psalms, and these references all are of Jesus Christ. And so we see that now more and more as we go into this psalm, and again, I'm not going to preach it dogmatically. I'd like you to approach this with your way of thinking, with your mind, with the Word of God, the things that God has showed you. But one of those things that I cannot ignore here is the adversary seeking his soul, and then he said, let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. And we continually see that Messianic Psalms. We see Jesus Christ asking the Lord to take care of the wicked and those that hurt him and those that wound him. God's going to judge them. And so we continually see that in these Messianic Psalms. But I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. What is that hope? It's the faith of Jesus Christ. It's the faith he's going to come out of the grave. It's the faith that he will not leave his soul in hell. It's the faith that his, the Holy One, the body of Jesus Christ, would not see corruption. That's the hope that he hopes continually. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers thereof. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. So now, of course, we see Jesus Christ, and we see the reference there to Jesus Christ as a youth, and he's in the temple teaching one that has authority, yet he's just a youth. Yet from his youth up, he spake the words of God. God taught him from his youth. And he declared his wondrous works before men. And they marveled at this youth that was in the temple teaching them. And in fact, Joseph and Mary had departed and they realized Jesus was not with them. And they went back and found him teaching in the temple. And so again, this is absolutely a messianic reference. It's absolutely something that could be plugged into another scripture concerning Jesus Christ. He says, now also when I am old and gray headed, now I can't reconcile that to Jesus Christ. I can't recognize because he was not an aged man, 33 and a half years at best. And he ascended into heavens on the right hand of God, making intercession for us. And he's a God that never changes. And he says, oh, God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. And from here on out, then we see the psalmist 
uh, speaking, I believe, on his behalf. We see the psalmist just alone speaking of his life and his walk with God. And he's grown gray-headed. The Lord would not forsake him until he's shown. And I love what he says there, makes that statement, thy power to everyone that is to come. Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high, who has done great things, O God, who is like unto thee. Thou, which hast showed me great and sore trouble, shall quicken me again, and shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Now that resurrection there could certainly be any man that believes God. Job was looking for the resurrection. Abraham was looking for a resurrection. Every saint of God, even that widow woman over the days of of Elisha was looking and longing for the resurrection. That's why when he came and said, is it well? She said, it is well. Why is it well? She believed in the resurrection. Her son was going to be resurrected. Her son was going to be alive. It was well with her. Every Old Testament saint of God looked for the resurrection. And that's what the psalmist is saying here. Thou shalt bring me up again from the depths of the earth. When my body's in the grave, I'll be brought up. Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. I will also praise thee with the psaltery, even thy truth, O my God. Unto thee will I sing with the harp, O thou holy one of Israel. Now, again, this is one of those, and it could be Asaph, it could be David. I, again, the word of God does not tell us, it does not uh, elaborate that to us, but it very well could be because David, of course, we know played with the harp skillfully. Asaph played with the cymbals skillfully. They had others around them that were musical and played. He said he could play with the psaltery, he could play with the harp, but he's going to sing praise unto him. And then he calls him, O thou holy one of Israel. He's looking for Jesus Christ. He's longing for the Messiah. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee and my soul, which thou hast redeemed. My tongue also shall talk of thy righteousness all the day long, for they are confounded, for they are brought unto shame that seek my hurt. So the Lord confounds their minds. The Lord confounds those that seek his hurt. The Lord turns them aside that seek his hurt. That's why they that believe in him shall not be confounded. But to those of us that believe, he is precious. And can I say to you, my friend, there'll be no confounding to those that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. All the confusion. And I hear people say all the time about lost people, but they're so confused. They're so confused. Well, they are confused. They don't believe God. They believe God, they wouldn't be confounded. He said that. They wouldn't have the confusion anymore if they believed God. Uh, they wouldn't be turned aside from him if they believed God. And uh, people, one person said to me, said, well, so many of these people are just confused. And I said, well, what do you expect? Uh, you don't expect them to be settled. When the confusion ceases, it's because of Jesus Christ. The problem is we're in a day when people are very settled in religion, yet without the knowledge of Christ, and they're not confused because they have not the knowledge of Christ, but religion has settled them. Religion has given them a place to stand. Religion has comforted them in their religion, yet they're still void of Jesus Christ. But those that are seeking God, those actively searching after God, God will settle that confounding. God will settle you. God will establish you. God will put you exactly where you need to be and give you understanding of the Scripture. That's the promise of God. He will discern Scripture for you and teach you Scripture and teach you the ways of God, the Word of God. And He'll only do that for those that believe in His name. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. 
as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.